So today, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to have this discussion, this interview. We are, we are very honored to be joined by a gallant young man uh, who is the president of the Association of Zambian Students in China. I, I thought that we should speak to blessings because of the situation or the state of stage. Uh, I don't know which word somebody wants to use. Uh, this uh, coronavirus has reached. The report is showing, Dr. Kalonde, according to, uh, you've seen the way Italy has been hit really hard. Italy has been hit very hard. The report is showing, like Kalonde, the only place on earth or the only country that has not been affected by this is Antarctica. That's the only place. Otherwise, uh, everywhere else, they have this situation. And the map on CNN Roger, when I was looking at it, it's showing the parts of North Africa. I think it's Egypt, and I don't know whether it's Libya and another country. But I'm not really very sure about that. In, in, in Africa, I think it's two countries. Blessings found himself in the middle of sick and thin things. He's a student in, in China, like we have said. He's the president of the Association of Zambian Students in China. And uh, Blessings is joining us from the great city in, in Zambia called Mufira and Kodanya. That's okay. We, we are talking to Blessings from Mufira, so this is a great moment. Blessings, good afternoon and welcome to the show. Uh, good afternoon, sir, and uh, I'm so happy to join you. Excellent. Uh, all right, let's begin by, tell us where in China, uh, which part of China you are based, and uh, what are you studying, What which university are you at? All right, uh, so currently um, in the city of Tianjin, which is actually just next to Beijing, about uh, 200 to 300 kilometers, Mm -hmm. from the capital and um, I'm currently studying civil engineering though I'll be graduating in two months uh, okay. because of the of the um, outbreak and mm. this is what has delayed most of the things but I was scheduled to graduate just in two months I think May um, mm -hmm. uh, month end of May yeah, okay. so I'm studying civil engineering alright interesting uh, so we are currently the president of the Association of Zambian Students in China. What are the objectives of uh, your association, and what are some of the things that you do that the association does? All right. Uh, so just like you have said, uh, ASIC, or rather A A Z S I C. Stands for uh, the Association of Zambian Students uh, in China. Um, normally, our objectives are, um, or rather, maybe let me just begin from uh, the top. All right. So usually, the long time ago, the mission had found it very hard. Uh, by mm -hmm. the I mean the Zambian Embassy uh, and also the Ministry of Higher Education uh, Scholarship Board uh, found it very hard to communicate or rather link with the Zambian students who are studying in China 
So uh, in order to improve uh, in terms of communication and also uh, uh, bring students together, uh, they officially uh, launched or rather opened uh, the Association of Zambian Students uh, in collaboration with the students who are studying in China. Okay. So normally we, we exist at national level, which is the whole entire China, uh, regional level, which is the northern region, uh, and also the southern region. We have executives, and then we also have executives at city level because the population of the Zambian students have, has grown in the past years. And, uh, yeah, we are about uh, 5,000, close to 5,000 students uh, studying in China currently, Zambian students. Yes. Wow. So our objectives are mm-hmm. mainly... Uh, we normally uh, we were formed to ensure that we encourage the spirit of togetherness as Zambians in China to, uh, of course, uh, being a family far away from home. And then also as it through uh, the city association, we try to provide and also organize orientation, especially for new Zambian students, those that come to China, they are uh, China being so distant from home, uh, the mm. um, diversification when it comes to uh, culture and other things, language, of course. Uh, so, and also, I think some 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 rules and uh, laws also. So, when Zambian students come, there are certain orientation meetings that we try to arrange with them uh, to try and um, at least explain and also kind of make things clear of how things are done, and help them settle down very well. So that's okay. just one of our objectives. And uh, we organize, of course, uh, graduation fairs for graduation students all the time. Uh, we also try as much as possible to uh, come up with uh, uh, educative events like workshops. We had the workshop last year uh, where we were training uh, ourselves on uh, a few skills. We do seminars. Uh, seminars, of course, when it comes to youth day, we commemorate it uh, in forms of seminars. This happens at city level and sometimes at national level. And when it's at national, we always have these events at the Zambian Embassy in Beijing. Yes. Okay. Did I hear you right? You said how we initiated the formation of this association. Did you say the embassy? Right. Uh, so normally uh, started more of different unions because we, we have were separated apart in different cities. Yes. The students started forming together, and, and then the embassy encouraged that we, we link it also that we, we have one thing, and that can have the same channel of communication. So rather they recognized it, and we, 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 we came up with a constitution ourselves as students, which we presented mm-hmm. to them and they accepted and recognized it, and also the Ministry of Higher Education so far. I think since 2014, the ambassador has been uh, the, the matron of the association. Yes. Okay. Okay. One of the things you mentioned, the blessings, if I heard you right, is that you, you also help or assist with graduation fairs or fees. Did I hear you right? Something about graduation? Yes. We actually organized those. I'll give you an example. Last year, uh, 2019, we did a, a graduation fair, which actually had a job fair in it. Okay, okay. Invited, yeah, yeah. Okay. uh, Some companies, about three to five companies that accepted our invitation and they came through and uh, uh, attended the graduation fair where we we had uh, 
uh, I, I think one couldn't manage to scoop out the position that I was needed during that fair. Yeah. Uh, yes. Okay. Excellent. So when you do these events, the, how, how, how do you determine or decide where where the venue of an event is going to be? Do you go into different cities or you all go to Beijing? How does it work? That has been the main challenge, uh, especially that China is, is quite uh, large and uh, yeah, it's a vast country. It is a distance from each other, so normally. Uh, this is also something that we have been trying to redefine and also uh, the perception of the students because long ago, believe me, you, uh, like I said, the embassy had recognized so that they could communicate effectively. Mm-hmm. If you look back then, 2014, I think 2013, uh, the students uh, were not coming in large numbers to come and study in China. Only those that were sent by the government through the uh, Bazaris Committee Loan and oh. uh, Scholarship Board so normally when the embassy came in, their intention was they, so that they could have that channel to communicate to those uh, government-supported students. But in the, in the long run, mm-hmm. uh, self-supported students started coming in large numbers. And uh, we have now about 108 students supported by government. And we have 4,000-plus who are self-supported. <laughs> so when, when, when students uh, had already known because the student leader by then always had to come from Beijing and he had to be a government-supported student. Uh, uh, so mm-hmm. like it left out the self-supported students. So many students backed out to say, uh, if even at the end of the day when uh, we have problems, we have challenges, the government will always just address the challenges of uh, 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 the government-supported students and they leave us behind. So that kind of push them far away from the association. I think not until, I think, 2017, when certain objectives and the constitution was amended and we tried to incorporate everyone and tried to uh, 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 raise an awareness that this is an association for all the students in China. Right now we have membership, registered members of over plus 3,000. Those that are fully registered, yes. So, yes. That's good. That's good. Okay, let's get to that. To that, let's get to the. I just wanted us to understand how the association operates and works and how it is engaged the student. So, news of the coronavirus breaks out, or the, the coronavirus thing comes down. Uh, how were you contacted by the Zambian embassy, Chinese embassy, Chinese officials, or government officials, your school? Those two, I want you to address how the communication went with between the student body and those three organizations, institutions I've mentioned. Zambian Embassy, let's start with the Chinese officials. Zambian Embassy, and how, how did how was the protocol? How did the information communicated to you students? All right. Uh, so normally when, I think this all, uh, current, uh, the, the epidemic started December somewhere, the late December uh, last year, January, but we, it started more as a rumor. So uh, there was some news coming in uh, because we have reached platforms and people would share. It mm-hmm. was not yet confirmed and schools uh, at that time did not fully confirm. We were closing a semester in January and most schools were closing. People were going home. Others had to move to other cities to visit their friends. 
So people were moving around because the semester was uh, now closing. And okay. this information now came in. Uh, now, I think officially, I think mid, no, I think uh, somewhere like 20, uh, mid-January, 15 to 20, uh, somewhere there during that period, our schools had officially communicated that they need to stay indoors. It was more like a normal outbreak because China has had uh, this kind of similar outbreak and schools will, will really communicate and say, please stay indoors, make sure you, 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 you are indoors. So it wasn't that much official. We didn't see it as a big deal. Mm-hmm. to moving around from one city to another until I think after 20, it became more serious and uh, the reports started coming in. People are dying. And then uh, what caused the, I think, main panic was uh, when Wuhan was uh, shut down and uh, it was officially announced. So schools now had to respond and begin to find out where the students are. Have they been to Wuhan? Where are they? So first things first, the schools communicated to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had to find out where we were. Had we traveled home for invocation? Are we still in school? So they tried to check on us. Uh, uh, and when we found out that this was happening, at that moment, I think the Zambian embassy was still uh, silent. Uh, we had started uh, uh, from, uh, from the few articles that we received from media uh, platforms in China. We began to sensitize uh, and forward what our schools were uh, communicating with us to our fellow students in China. So the association took it part. We started a campaign that was very intensive on our WeChat platforms, and also, I think, on our Facebook page. Uh, and I think after a week or so, uh, the embassy communicated. So the embassy communicated after schools, and then they, they, they communicated uh, to say, we, we really want to get the information or student information, especially those that are in China, and also, uh, especially, uh, they really needed information uh, for those that are in the epicenter, which is Hubei, China. I think this communication was made on the 23rd, uh, to be very clear. Um, oh, January. January. Mm-hmm. So they made the communication, and uh, we, 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 we as the association had to uh, quickly jump in, because I think three months before that, we had done a census of Zanders in China, but because schools had closed, people mm. were moving outside of the country. We had to do another one. So we did online uh, registration forms where students started filling in. By then, the, uh, the, the, the information had already spread, and students were, were really, uh, uh, that they were already in the mood uh, to adjust the movement. So when we communicated, their greatest hope was, okay, now the embassy has come, and maybe probably uh, here comes the solution, we're going home. So people had to register quickly, mm. quickly. And uh, within three days, we had about uh, 3,000 plus uh, registered students, those that were currently in China. In China, uh, yes. okay. Yes, that's, yeah. Mm. So you, at, at what, what am I trying to say here? <laughs> so you managed, you left China. At what stage did you leave China? What, what was the protocol, blessings, or how right. did you, at what stage did you leave China? Okay, so when, like I said, when we registered the students, uh-huh. uh, the, the, the embassy, uh, we had also done a report because we wanted to make them aware of what's happening on the ground. So first things first, the association also had to 
uh, go down on the ground through our city executive committees. We tried to find out what's really happening on the ground. So they had to fill in, the leaders in cities had to fill in reports uh, of what's happening on the ground. Uh, they had explained uh, their challenges, what they did not have. And I think also who they did so. My city uh, was also facing a similar situation, changing. It was under lockdown. And being a city in lockdown, it means that students were not allowed to leave the university for any reason. Though other schools were flexible to allow for only an hour, but mm-hmm. the university like mine, they completely locked the gate and put security. So meaning anyone who leaves the gate cannot be allowed back. I have a friend of mine uh, who actually came in earlier to Zambia. Uh, he actually left. He left in the morning, and uh, the security system was initiated, I think, around uh, midday. He went to collect something at the airport. So midday, he was coming back. He found security at the gate, and he could not be allowed in. That's how the following day he had to get a flight and come back home because he had nowhere to go. So the wow. situation in my city became more intense as anyone uh, no one could leave the schools, and then there was limited stuff that we could get in school uh, in regards to food, uh, water, and other things, because it was also a Chinese New Year holiday. People were not working, shops were closed. So the food started running out, and uh, I think this was similar to most Zambian cities, and through the reports that we had received, food and also math started running out, and they completely ran out. Uh, and uh, uh, students now started, that's when we had some chaos in the groups. Uh, students started saying, what is the embassy doing? My school later released a statement uh, after it saw this, uh, this situation getting worse. Uh, the, the, the numbers were increasing. I think by then we had already reached 30,000 confirmed sick people. So my, my school looking at that and looking at the food shortages, uh, it actually released the official notice to recommend and advise and encourage students to return back home. Uh, uh, and and uh, they assured that when all this is done with, uh, people should come back. And that's when I think all of the students responded to that call. And I think I had to travel on the 80th. I think that was two to three weeks after uh, this whole epidemic. I think that was on the 80th of February. Uh, that was the time that I left China. So the school recommended that we leave, and uh, we left. Yes. Okay. Now, those who are uh, listening, uh, I've left everybody's uh, uh, lines open. If you want to chime in uh, and ask Andrew a question, please do so. Uh, we're just trying to have a conversation here to understand his journey and the protocols that he experienced uh, when uh, this whole thing happened. Uh, we are talking to Blessings uh, Molinda Kombe, the president of the Association of Zambian Students in China and all this. So, Blessings, uh, you jump on a plane and you are heading back to Zambia. Uh, what were the steps? Or, explain to us the scenario when you arrive at the airport in Osaka. What were the protocols or what did you go through? Uh, when you arrive one or two, three days into Zambia, what is happening? Well, I, um, I'll speak from 8th, 9th of February, what mm-hmm. was happening. I, I, when I arrived at Beijing, of course, there was intensive screening uh, for everyone who was to leave or rather board on an airline. 
Okay. Uh, there was a lot of uh, declaration forms to be signed. And this is in China, China, right? I was using Kenyan Airlines. So I went to Bangkok. Uh, Bangkok uh-huh. also had some intensive, very intensive screen. And uh, they could uh, check temperatures, screen, using their machines, and so forth and so on. So from Bangkok, the flight head, headed towards Kenya. And from there, we, uh, uh, we had screening. Kenya also had screening. They had uh, their machines, and they were screening, and they were also taking temperature. And uh, when I arrived in Zambia, uh, likewise, uh, I think in my last interview, I had made it clear to say, um, not that I saw, but the only thing they took from me was the temperature. I don't know about now. Maybe probably they've made provisions for other testing um, uh, equipment. But then, which I could see was only uh, a, a, a thermometer. They just checked my temperature, and then I had to wash my hands, and that's how I entered the country. Did, were, they aware, were they asking where you are coming from? Uh, actually, because the flight was uh, uh, coming from China, yes, uh, they asked, I think, a question. To, uh, I think it was well known that this flight had uh, people from China. And I feel like they were checking temperatures of everyone who was just coming inside the country. So uh, I think that was, was the only thing that I had observed, yes. Okay. So when you arrived at the airport, I know you, you are talking to us from Ufurira on the Copper Belt. Uh, where did you go from the airport? Did you go straight to Ufurira or you stayed around Lusaka? Uh, well, I had to go directly to Mufulira, and uh, I, 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 I uh, personally, myself, uh, even after arriving, I had to uh, keep myself, because I had bought some masks, and I had to keep myself uh, alone for quite some time. Uh, okay. I just observed myself, uh, because the school also did so. Before they allowed anyone to leave, they had put us under quarantine for uh, 16 days. 16 days? Uh-huh. And they constantly checked temperature three times a day. And they did test two days until after six, on the 16th day, I think the first bunch of students had to leave. And okay. Even when I came back home, I think I did another additional of uh, 10 days uh, isolation personally. You, you, that you did yourself personally. That was a personal yes, arrangement. Yes. Okay. Yes. Were you getting, did you need to report to anybody in Mufulira, health officials, or, or are you, did anybody reach out to you from the government, health officials, checking on you, or anything like that? No. We, there's never been uh, such, uh, except that I've been able to reach now parents. Uh, they have now formed something like the Parents Association of Zambian Students in China here back home. So these okay. are the people that are pushing government uh, for a few things or pushing a few agendas from home. So I had to meet and explain also uh, what's being done by the embassy that side because uh, mostly the embassy cannot do it directly to the students except through ourselves as an association. So I had to uh, give a clear picture to the parents. And we have been meeting, I think, uh, almost every two weeks to give an update on student youth. Uh, yeah. Okay. So you quarantined yourself for 10 days? Yes, yes. When you arrived home, okay? Yes. How was that process? How were you eating? What was... Obviously, you have siblings and family in the house. How did you 
maneuver around things and uh, uh, compared to the daily normal way of life, how did you how did you carry yourself around? Well, I requested that I I I I I, I uh, they arrange because at home uh, I'm sure not all homes have this, but I think I was privileged that uh, uh, our home had a, uh, a servant quarter. Okay, so servant quarters. Mm-hmm. Outside, yes, I'm sure you're from Mufira. You you will know that boy, especially in boy, there are some servant quarters where uh, it's a separate uh, uh, um, kind of a small house away from the house. So I, I could interact with my uh, family, though kind of. I could even go inside the main house. Not that I was completely separated. Mm-hmm. I could uh, do my daily things without the mask, only in that uh, uh, side. But when I want to come inside the main house, I could always ensure that I, I avoided uh, direct contact with the people inside, and I was also wearing a mask. So that's mm-hmm. some of the way I, I, I never had that direct uh, shaking of hands and uh, yeah, the likes, yeah. Okay. All right, before I move away from this subject, anybody has a question or comment for for our blessings? Um, I think he has a elaborate. Well, um, the question, uh, blessing, is uh, are you following up what is happening with your friends in China? Yes. Yes, even today I was uh, having a meeting with my vice president because currently, Immediately when I was leaving, when my school issued such a statement, I had to ensure that uh, uh, we put someone to act as the leader of the association. Though I'm uh, also 100%, because the work we do, normally we do it online, uh, because uh, that's the way we are able to access using our social media platforms, our students on the ground. Uh, But I had to put in uh, someone who's that side, who's my vice president. And yes, every day I've been following up. Uh, the efforts that the embassy has started putting on the ground. Of course, it wasn't like uh, what's currently happening. When, when, when I was leaving, uh, there was just news that there'll be some purchasing of masks, but it wasn't really on the ground. And I think there were a lot of doubts from the student section if at all that would be true. Uh, but uh, right now, I feel uh, after coming home, uh, there's been a lot of efforts that have come through. Uh, the Zambian embassy and uh, trying to uh, uh, address the challenges of uh, the students in China. Yes, I've been following it up. So according to the reports uh, coming from there, uh, last week or is it the other week we had reports where uh, students had no food, uh, stuff like that. Uh, What is the the update uh, as far as that is concerned? Okay. Uh, Food and uh, the needs of the students. Okay. All right. Uh, so normally uh, when we receive such a report, because we're constantly talking to the city leaders who are currently on the ground, and uh, they give the similar reports, just like you have said, no food, no water, no mask. And uh, the first thing first, when we give that uh, to the Zambian embassy, uh, of course, the city has been under lockdown. It is very much impossible for you. Even other shipping companies were not working except for one, which was SL Express. That was the only shipping company that was working, and it was too busy because it was the only company working. So it was, it was difficult uh, even for the embassy to, I think, come in. Uh, also looking at the fact that uh, food prices were going high because mm-hmm. few markets were open. Uh, so the embassy had to make the step to communicate 
through the home affairs of uh, different cities and provinces, and also universities. Uh, I'll give an example. The epicenter, Hubei, Wuhan, uh, the embassy, when we received that the students had no access to food or water or masks, the embassy had contacted the universities one by one, addressing these challenges and also uh, trying to find more of what can be done. And they recommended a few things like bringing food near the students. The schools should bring food near the students, at least the dormitory, where students can easily buy it and allowing students to go out. Okay. So I believe few of the universities uh, uh, responded very well, but not all. Uh, that is why we still have uh, some students even until today who are still uh, are saying our school aren't even checking up on us. But other schools have been very responsive. They're checking temperatures day in and day out and, uh, and, and, and other things like provision of food. Other schools have even reached to the extent of uh, giving money uh, especially in the southern Zhejiang, uh, which is in the Hangzhou province, uh, um, uh, the uh, Zhejiang province, of Han, uh, and then Hangzhou city, they have given students, I think, some half a thousand, uh, uh, 500 RMB to every student uh, there in school, just to add up on what they have because of the prices of food going high. And I think the embassy too, uh, responded only for those in the epicenter because those ones are com- under complete lockdown. They can't even be allowed to, to access their banks and stuff. And the embassy came in with a provision of about $150 for the 200 students who are in Hubei province. So I think everyone by today, I think all of them have received the $150 just to help them add on what they have. Yeah. So each student received $150? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, from the Zambian government or embassy, okay? Yes, yes. <clears throat> Anybody uh, else? The mics are open. Yeah, go ahead. I have a question. Um, I just want to find out from the young man, um, uh, with the experience that he had in China and the, having seen how they were handling the... Uh, the breakout and they trying to prevent it to grow or to expand to other cities, but it happened, it continued going on and on. Uh, the question I have for him, having seen two sides, Zambia and China, suppose mm-hmm. it broke out in Zambia. Do you think we are ready for it in Zambia? And where do you feel most safe? Where you were in China, and if it broke out in Zambia, where would you be feeling uh, would be safe? Wow. Well, uh, uh, I think that's a very good question. (laughs) It is something that we uh, personally... uh, The coronavirus, I I don't know if you've uh, followed it very closely, uh, uh, it managed to, to, to break out despite the city lockdown, mm-hmm. despite the many uh, major... Uh, uh, um, they have put up so many strict rules, regulations, you know, uh, to ensure that they cave and they, they kind of manage it, every roadblock. 
as thermometers, as testing. You have to be tested at every road uh, block and every toll gate. So, and so this thing looks like uh, when you look at it, China has got there enough financial muscle. It's the fastest growing economy uh, today. They have the greatest of hospitals. And um, if this disease was manageable to them, I think there wouldn't be need uh, for them to build in emergency, I think, 12 days, two hospitals that were built specifically for this disease. I feel right now at the moment as though uh, if, it, if this disease was manageable by this country, great country, mm. I feel like it, it could have been uh, sorted out by now. Uh, but I feel like it's, it's something that has come out as... Because even when the way we addressed it when it came, and the way schools addressed it, Mm-hmm. They said, oh, stay indoors. Uh, there's this outbreak. Be careful. Do not go to any public market. So it was easy when they intensified until they reached to a lockdown. So they've been increasing and uh, bringing in more measures to ensure that they stop the spreading. Uh, to the extent that they reached, uh, we thought that this was going to end when they separated, uh, they, they, they kind of separated the, the population uh, in four parts. And I think in, 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 in just one minute, I would love to describe how they did it and how they plan to manage it, if you allow okay. me. Go ahead. Yes. So they, uh, they, uh, they had a population, uh, they uh, called uh, population, population A, population B, and population C and D. So population A, these are the people that came, or rather are in Wuhan, or the people that are coming from Wuhan, because the this all thing started in Wuhan. So they got mm. those people that are in Wuhan and those that are coming from Wuhan going to other cities. Because during the Chinese New Year, Chinese people uh, come together, uh, go back to their villages, their hometowns, and to celebrate with families. So Wuhan is one of the Asian cities where people go in large numbers. Millions of people travel that side. So the people that came from Wuhan now going back, because the holiday was about to be done, and uh, they were traveling back now, going back to their cities. So these are the people, those that have been to Wuhan, they called them A. And mm-hmm. the people that uh, were B, so A was known, according to them, because they could even check those that came from Wuhan from ticket purchase, and immediately they could make an announcement to say, if you had been to Wuhan, just go to the hospital. So A was known. B was the population that has never been to Wuhan, but by chances in the train, bus station, public places, had been in contact with those people who were in Wuhan. So B did not know, because you don't know who you meet in the bus, uh, or rather in the train, public place, supermarket, uh, if they've been to a certain city or not. But you, you are in that direct contact, and you could easily get uh, uh, the virus. So B doesn't know that they have it, mm-hmm. that they have been in contact with people in Wuhan. So it's even difficult to bring out B because uh, no matter what, I feel B doesn't really know uh, if he has been to Wuhan or not. And then C, population C, that was the one they, uh, they graded to be. As those that are just at home, uh, they don't move around. When they hear there's an outbreak, they're just home. They've closed uh, themselves up and uh, they, 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 they never kind of, um, the only way to move, for them was that they could go to the supermarket so they could get it. Uh, so normally, now the problem was uh, they, uh, 
these people, it was easy. If for B, they could be tracked. If at all they were in a train or they traveled around. Because B could easily get the virus and easily respond to the hospital. But C was also a problem because they did not know that they have the virus. Maybe they could just meet from the supermarket and they carry it and they spread it to their family members at home and so forth and so on. So the, the only way the government had to do, uh, or rather to, to, to discover B and C, was to, uh, uh, I think, find out the incubation period. And they recommended to say, since the confirmed cases are all coming from the population A, those that are from Wuhan, because them, they are known. Immediately, if you are from Wuhan, you are directly needed to go to the hospital. But for B and C, They've never been to Wuhan, so they were still in denial to say, I think I don't have it. But they were the ones that were spreading it. So how to bring them out? They completely said no movement. Shops were closed. Everything was under shutdown. And then people had to stay indoors for 14 days. Because after 14 days, anyone who has the virus, mm-hmm. symptoms will show, and you will go to the hospital. So that way, they will fish out those that are infected. So actually, we even gave it to say after 14 days, the people that will remain will be safe. I think that was the time that uh, we, we thought this could be done with. But even after that, uh, the numbers drastically increased from, I think, 30-something thousand. In two weeks, it ran to 78,800 and something in two weeks. So it increased with almost something like uh, approximately 40-something thousand uh, people. So I, I, I feel like if that was to happen to Zambia, uh, I feel like it, it would really be a big problem. China itself, they, they have shortages of masks, but they, are, they manufacture masks. Mm-hmm. Shortages. You know, they have enough manpower to manufacture these masks, but they have shortages. So if this had to come to Zambia, it would really be a big problem because we ourselves can't even manufacture some. I don't know if we but we don't have the capacity to manufacture so many. So, and, we, and also our hospitals. Uh, the way they are treating, if you've heard that there are some cures, those that are cured from the updates, there's a certain group of people that are saying they're cured. China is able to treat the symptoms, and those with strong immunities, they are being cured and being discharged out of the hospital. Uh, I, uh, but looking at Zambia, uh, my country, uh, where uh, yeah, even uh, when it, uh, it comes to medication, it's not that much in excess. So if we had to receive this, I think this would be worse uh, for such a country. And if, I was, if, if we, we had it in Zambia, I think I, would, I wouldn't rather be here. I would rather be in China where I would get uh, immediate uh, medical help. And uh, yeah, so if I was to choose where I would be, or if myself I would recommend if those in China or those in Hubei have to be brought home, I seriously tell them to say, I think it's really kind of a, a, a big challenge uh, to come home. I think they are safer there because being there, I feel like they are under lockdown and schools have put down, the government has put down strict measures to ensure that they don't get it. Though it's not 100%, but I feel even, even if the chances are that someone got it, the chances of getting good medical uh, uh, um, help from China would be far better than receiving it here from Zambia. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
A follow-up question, uh, blessings on that. Do we have any information about any Zambian students who have been affect, infected? And secondly, uh, I understand we had some information that the Zambian embassy had received the masks. Can you speak to that? Okay. So first things first, on the Zambian student there was... Uh, um, the, 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 the world was suspect. Though after test, uh, he wasn't found with it. We found that uh, water from Lyonin province, uh, Xinjiang, and um, we communicated. Actually, some students communicated with me, and he was admitted. So I called him. He said he had sore throats, which was also some of the symptom of the, the virus. He had the, the cold, and then uh, so the hospital suspected. So they put him under for test. I think he was admitted for two days, and after two days, though that when we reported to the embassy, the embassy had taken it over, and after that, uh, the embassy uh, came back to us and said, uh, after the hospital did some tests, uh, he was discharged, and he wasn't found with the virus. So at the moment, uh, there's no case among Zambian students that we have mm. unless there are some that are passed through the back doors, but right now, from what we have, uh, there's no Zambian student who has been affected. Okay. The issue of masks, uh, uh, I, 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 see, I, feel, I think you had an interview with Andrew Silungwe, a brother from China who had made a video yes. about the uh, uh, Zambian situation. So that video came in when, when we as the association gathered information of what's happening on the ground. We presented it to the embassy. There was some kind of some quietness that went through, I think, for three days, four days. And then the students felt like, ah, these guys won't do anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, based on others' past experiences, they started saying nothing will be done. And these are just lies. They're just passing time. So students started coming out and speaking out on social media. This when things, videos started going viral. So I think the ambassador herself had to uh, come in, in. There were a few. Uh, there are few times. There are few times that we, we, we have ever actually had the ambassador meet with the association uh, executives. Uh, we used to communicate through the educational attache and also the diplomats at the Zambian embassy. So after there was some miscommunication, because back home. We could hear the ambassador give statements like the Zambian students in China are fine. You know, uh, uh, she gave more like a statement to say, oh, the schools are doing their best. And then we had reports from the Zambians on the ground here, uh, there in China to say, no, we don't have food. So there was that kind of miscommunication. So students started being to say, these people are saying we are fine to our parents back home. And yet on the ground, we don't have food, we don't have masks. So I think the ambassador by then had to step down herself to come into uh, the fight. Uh, she, we have about 60 cities where we have Zambian students, and then we have uh, city leaders where we have a group. So we opened about nine to ten panels, and on each panel we had about eight leaders from different cities, plus the ambassador herself and one diplomat. So we had about ten. We had online meetings, conversations where the students themselves, because we wanted the communication to be more direct. So, because 
so students started addressing to say we don't have this and this, that, this, that. And the ambassador made some assurance. And after that, that's when I think masks were purchased. And uh, I think masks arrived uh, through the same panels. Students had uh, 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 given the information of how they can receive these masks. And I think there's been a good response. I think we have, they have distributed masks to over 43 cities right now. Just a few cities that are yet to receive masks. And yes, so that has been ongoing. Yeah. So I don't know if anybody else has a question here before I proceed for blessing. So blessing, you are in Zambia right now, and you told me that you had an interview with ZNBC. Uh, what did you discuss with them? What were they asking you? And unfortunately, tell the listeners what happened to that interview. Yeah, okay. Um, I think I, I, there was a journalist from ZNBC, I think, Penelope Kazo. Uh, I think I'm, uh, I'm not so uh, clear of the name, but she contacted me a long, long time ago. I think by then I wasn't even in Zambia. I, I was um, in, in China. Mm-hmm. She told me to give a statement. I think that was the time when Andrew and other Zambians had made other videos going online. So she wanted to give me a, uh, me to give a statement of what's really happening with the embassy doing something. And I think at that level, uh, the embassy was collecting information during that time. And uh, to be frank, nothing was done at that moment. No, apart from the communications that we were making uh, and assurances that we received, nothing was coming. So students were hungry. Uh, angry and uh, were saying all sorts of kind of information. So yes, uh, I gave a statement. I, I explained exactly what's on the ground, and uh, I, I made it clear that at the moment, uh, uh, no help has come through. Uh, so I think that very day, ZNBC had also received the statement from the ambassador herself. So I think that that's when they did not air out uh, because it was supposed to be on live ZNBC News 19 hours, and they did not put the video. Uh, uh, reasons not known yet until today, uh, it wasn't. Secondly, again, they came back, uh, I think after a week or two or so. They, they, this one now was a direct interview where they asked what the Zambian government has done. And I think until also during this period, uh, I think this was the time that the ambassador was also just trying to uh, 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 come into on the ground and speak to the students herself. Mm-hmm. Even during this time, nothing uh, uh, had been done yet. So I gave exactly what was uh, on the ground. And unfortunately, this interview, too, uh, was not aired by ZNBC. The only interview that I believe was, I think, aired uh, was made by Diamond TV uh, during the Diamond Live. Uh, and uh, I, I think uh, the, the, the journalist there was trying to clarify because uh, the Zambian students at that time were accusing uh, the government of neglecting them. So the journalist was trying to get a full picture. Is it really this situation on the ground? So likewise, I just gave a full view. I think by then I was even home. Mm-hmm. What really happening? And also the promises that we've received from the embassy and what the embassy is currently doing. So uh, normally all the media houses that have come through me, they've just been trying to get what as the government been doing uh, for the Zambian students in China and also finding out how Zambians are responding to the current epidemic. 
blessings, what has the government done? What is the embassy in Beijing doing or done? What have they done? Okay. Okay, done. Uh, uh, let me start with uh, done. Done uh, has made communication more effective uh, by coming closer uh, to the Zambian community. Uh, the ambassador herself has been talking to the city leaders who are actually on the ground. Uh, to ensure that we have the same information going through. She's doing the communication herself. Last time she used to address us through statements and PDF and we would send out, but she decided that she should come on the ground and listen. So communication has been, I think, made more effective. And right now, after some time, she will record a video. They will record a video of her addressing some issues that she, that she wants to communicate to the whole Zambian community. The videos have been going through uh, which are platforms. So communication, I think, has been, it has improved very, very much compared to the past and compared when all this started. I think that one is a, is a good one. And then masks, too, have been very helpful, especially that um, even me, myself, when I was in China, I think I lived for two weeks inside my apartment without even any mask. So I believe they're coming in to provide masks, though to me it looks like a short-term goal because uh, if, if I could receive two masks and the masks maybe are disposable, meaning by next week I won't have them. So it's more like, a, for me, how I view it, it's like a short-term goal. However, I think it has been really been helpful in one way or another uh, for the students who have received the mask. So the mask, the issue of wait, 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 blessing. So the mask, what's the lifespan? How long can you use the mask? And the students, they received masks from the embassy, are they? Yes. Uh, the masks, they're in two different types. They're surgical masks. Those ones are disposable immediately. You shouldn't even use it. Actually, the masks more act like a guard uh, for you not to be in direct contact with the, with the direct air outside or rather the environment outside. So when you move outside, there's a possibility that the mask is getting, if you mere virus or an infected anything that is infected outside, it's like it's guarding you off. Mm. So if you use it again, there's a probability that you may get the virus because you're getting that virus inside your house and you take off the mask and put it somewhere. It's like your... So we, uh, actually Chinese themselves do advise to say uh, for surgical masks, when you just put it on uh, upon just coming in, just at the doorstep, you dispose it and dispose it. Yes, okay. Then, then. So, if, what sort of help do if somebody wants to do something? Because I tried to reach out to the embassy, I couldn't get through. I don't know whether the phone works or whatever the deal is. If somebody wants to do some, what sort of help do the students need as we wind up here? Come again? What sort of help do the students in China need, the Zambian students? Uh, right now, I I believe because uh, with the conversation I had with my vice president today, uh, he had expressed <coughs> that um, uh, the current reports through the meetings that they've been having recently is that most of them have not been able to access their banks because students are locked, uh, uh, the the universities are locked, and they are not allowed to go outside, so they they normally don't have that access to their own accounts. Okay. Food has uh, been a burning issue. 
food. Uh, not yeah, food. And then also the prices of things going high. Uh, so I think financially that also has uh, been... And also the masks themselves. You know, masks used to sell at seven kwai, seven kwai which is like a 10 kwacha here uh, uh, in China. Mm. And it has gone to 60, 40, 70. Oh. So it has, I don't know, it's not even doubled, it's abnormal. Money gone up. So I, I feel like currently, even the association on our side, we tried to raise money. Uh, this is uh, something that we tried ourselves as students. I think the rest, um, which we split among students from also the second most affected city, and mm-hmm. spread it across students that needed extra help. And I believe uh, finances are really helping because even when schools bring these foods to the dormitory, they are selling to students and it's not being given out free. So uh, regardless, uh, I feel right now, if we are to uh, solve what they need right now, Mm-hmm. I believe it would be uh, some finances okay. in any way. But if um, it could be a long-term solution, I would recommend that our embassy sits down with uh, interested parties and also the student body. I believe no matter, we don't know how long this epidemic will go on. Will go on yeah. At the moment, it's not clear. And I don't feel like uh, providing money today and tomorrow one doesn't have is going to be a very big solution mm. for uh, students who are being affected. So Andrew, why do I keep saying, Andrew, blessings, thank you for taking the time. We have run out of time here. But I will we'll stay in touch with you to see what the way forward is. You have helped us learn and understand the position of where things stand. Uh, Roger, Dr. Patrick, everybody, we need to establish how the Ethiopian government managed to give 300 or $400 to each Ethiopian student in China. We need to find out how that was done. That's the information I was given by a friend. Thank you, Blessings. Uh, coming up is Open Forum with Roger. We have a show on Sunday, Zanus Radio Show, which starts at 2 p.m. Eastern, if you have time to listen. Okay, blessings. Have a good day, and uh, we'll catch up with you later. Everybody, let's go back in. Thank you, thank you so much. Ta yesa talema na yuma pempelo Atika pena sikulina azati